Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Garden seats stood on one side of the door, and on the other, a roller. For the mole, who was a tidy animal when at home, could not stand having his ground kicked up by other animals in little runs that ended in earth-heaps. On the walls hung wire-baskets with ferns in them, alternating with brackets carrying plaster statuary. Garibaldi, the infant Samuel and Queen Victoria, and other heroes of modern Italy. Down one side of the forecourt ran a skittle-alley, with benches along it, and little wooden tables marked with rings that hinted at beer-mugs. In the middle was a small round pond containing goldfish, and surrounded by a cockle-shell border. Out of the centre of the pond rose a fanciful erection clothed in more cockle-shells and topped by a large silvered glass ball that reflected everything all wrong and had a very pleasing effect. Mole's face beamed at the sight of all these objects so dear to him, and he hurried Rat through the door, lit a lamp in the hall, and took one glance around his old home. He saw the dust lying thick on everything, saw the cheerless, deserted look of the long-neglected house, and its narrow, meagre dimensions, its worn and shabby contents and collapsed again on a hall chair, his nose in his paws. "'Oh, Ratty!' he cried in dismay. "'Why ever did I do it? Why did I bring you to this poor little place on a night like this, when you might have been at Riverbank by this time, toasting your toes before a blazing fire, with all your own nice things about you?' The Rat paid no heed to his doleful self-reproaches. He was running here and there, opening doors, inspecting rooms and cupboards, and lighting lamps and candles, and sticking them up everywhere. "'What a capital little house this is!' he called out cheerily. "'So compact! So well planned! Everything here and everything in its place! We'll make a jolly night of it!' The first thing I want is a good fire. I'll see to that. I always know where to find things. So this is the parlour. Splendid. Your own idea, these little sleeping bunks in the wall? Capital. Now, I'll fetch the wood and the coals, and you get a duster, Mole. You'll find one in the drawer and the kitchen table, and try and smarten things up a bit. Bustle about, old chap. Encouraged by his inspiriting companion, 
The Mole roused himself, and dusted and polished with energy and heartiness, while the Rat, running to and fro with armfuls of fuel, soon had a cheerful blaze roaring up the chimney. He hailed the Mole to come and warm himself, but Mole promptly had another fit of the blues, dropping down on a couch in dark despair, and burying his face in his duster. "'Rat!' he moaned. "'What about your supper, you poor, cold, hungry, weary animal? I've nothing to give you—nothing, not a crumb!' "'What a fellow you are for giving in!' said the Rat reproachfully. "'Why, only just now I saw a sardine-opener in the kitchen-dresser quite distinctly, and everybody knows that means there are sardines about somewhere in the neighbourhood. Rouse yourself, pull yourself together, and come with me and forage." They went and foraged accordingly, hunting through every cupboard and turning out every drawer. The result was not so very depressing after all, though of course it might have been better. A tin of sardines, a box of captain's biscuits nearly full, and a German sausage encased in silver paper. "'There's a banquet for you,' observed the Rat, as he arranged the table. "'I know some animals who would give their ears to be sitting down to supper with us to-night.' "'No bread!' groaned the Mole dolorously. "'No butter! No! No pâté de foie No champagne!' continued the Rat, grinning. "'And that reminds me. What's that little door at the end of the passage? Your cellar, of course. Every luxury in this house. Just you wait a minute.' He made for the cellar door, and presently reappeared, somewhat dusty, with a bottle of beer in each paw and another under each arm. "'Self-indulgent beggar you seem to be, Mole,' he observed. "'Deny yourself nothing.' This is really the jolliest little place I was ever in. Now, whatever did you pick up these prints? Make the place look so homelike they do. No wonder you're so fond of it, Mole. Tell us all about it, and how you came to make it what it is." Then, while the Rat busies himself fetching plates and knives and forks and mustard which he mixed in an egg-cup, the Mole, his bosom still heaving with the stress of his recent emotion, related, somewhat shyly at first, but with more freedom as he warmed to his subject, how this was planned, and how that was thought out, and how this was got through a windfall from his aunt, and how that was a wonderful find and a bargain, and this other thing was brought out of laborious savings and a certain amount of going without. His spirits finally quite restored. He must needs go and caress his possessions, and take a lamp, and show off their points to his visitor, and expatiate on them, quite forgetful of the supper they both so much needed. Rat, who was desperately hungry, but strove to conceal it, nodding seriously, examining with a puckered brow, and saying, Wonderful! and Most remarkable! at intervals, when the chance for an observation was given him. At last the Rat succeeded in decoying him to the table, and had just got seriously to work with the sardine-opener, when sounds were heard from the forecourt without—sounds like the scuffling of small feet in the gravel, 
and a confused murmur of tiny voices, while broken sentences reached them. "'Now, all in a line. Hold the lantern up a bit, Tommy. Clear your throats first. No coughing. Now, after I say one, two, three, where, where's young Bill? Here, come on, do. We're all awaiting. "'What's up?' inquired the Rat, pausing in his labours. I, "'I think it must be the field mice,' replied the Mole, with a touch of pride in his manner. "'They go round carol-singing regularly at this time of the year. They're quite an institution in these parts, and they never pass me over. They come to Mole End last of all, and I used to give them hot drinks and supper too sometimes, when I could afford it. It will be quite like old times to hear them again." "'Let's have a look at them,' cried the Rat, jumping down and running to the door. It was a pretty sight, and a seasonable one, that met their eyes when they flung the door open. In the forecourt, lit by the dim rays of a horn-lantern, some eight or ten little field-mice stood in a semicircle, red-worsted comforters round their throats, their forepaws thrust deep into their pockets their feet jingling for warmth. With bright beady eyes they glanced shyly at each other, sniggered a little, sniffing and applying coat-sleeves a good deal. As the door opened, one of the elder ones that carried the lantern was just saying, "'Now then, one, two, three, and forthwith their shrill little voices arose on the air singing one of the old-time carols that their forefathers composed in the fields that were fallow and held by frost, or went snow-bound in chimney-corners, and handed down to be sung in the miry streets to lamp-lit windows at Yuletide. Carol Villagers all this frosty tide, let your door swing open wide, though wind may follow and snow beside, Yet draw us in by your fire to bide. Joy shall be yours in the morning. Here we stand in the cold and the sleet, Blowing fingers and stamping feet. Come from far away you to greet, You by the fire and we in the street, Bidding you joy in the morning. For ere 